0: Welcome to another awesome message from Good News Company. We hope you enjoy it and that you are touched by the love of God. If you want more information, head to goodnewscompany.com. Yeah, I'm feeling awesome about myself now. I think he's talking about God, actually. <laughs> um, Hello, Good News Company. Um, I just have a word that God has been speaking to me um, very recently about, and I just really quickly want to share it because I feel like Maybe it's for someone here today. Um, God's really—this is not to do with what I'm speaking about today, but God has really been speaking to me about identity, about my own personal identity in Jesus, um, and and who He's created me to be. Um, this year has been the most stretching, growing year I've had in many years, um, and I like—I've—I've I've entered seasons of of striving and, and just, um, but I just want to, besides all of that, I just want to say that God has called you, like, the way that you are, the things that irritate you about you, maybe it's that you're bossy or, like, leadership or maybe it's, I, I get sick of the sound of my own voice or I hate that I fail or, or whatever it is, to, to look at the failures in you and look what you don't like about you and realise that Jesus created you he created you in all your flaws. He created you and that thing that you despise in you, you have no right to despise it because it was placed there by God. Um so if there's something about you, maybe it's maybe it's like you're too compassionate or maybe I don't know what it is. But I know that um for me it's <laughs> um this year I started to despise like telling people what to do. <laughs> I, I, I started to find myself really irritating. I'm like, Bethany, be quiet. And I wanted people to like me. Um, And I was sick of telling people what to do. Um, But I just got a holy slap in the face by Jesus. And he said, don't despise the thing that I've put inside you. Um, So whatever God is calling out of you, don't despise it. But look how it can advance the kingdom of God and be that. Do that thing with all your heart and do it unashamedly. That's for someone here. Um, Cool, I'm going to preach. I just like, ever since church started, I just have this like burden that's just like dropped in my heart. It's a good burden. It's a excited, excited. All right, I'm going to talk from John 15. So if you want to turn your Bibles to there, if you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. My Bible and notepad is way too big for this pulpit. So hang with me here. Now, I thought I understood this scripture. This is where Jesus is talking about he is the true vine. And I thought I understood this scripture and I it just like dropped in my heart earlier on this week. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, and then I realized that I... I only know a smidgen bit of the revelation that is packed in this scripture. So I'm going to attempt to just unravel a little bit of it today. But can I encourage you after today to just really delve into this scripture and just like, as um, Pastor Julie would say, marinate in it. <laughs> Me and Kieran always giggle when she says that. All right. Um, so we read John 15. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. My first point is God, Jesus is speaking and he sets this metaphor analogy. And he goes, I am the true vine and God is the gardener. Now, I had never noticed this, but there is this beautiful picture that God says, that Jesus says, I'm the vine and God is my gardener, like, and, and, and it's this beautiful dependence on his father that he still, even though God has placed him in all authority and all this uh, placed all this incredible power on Jesus, he still says, God is my gardener and I am the vine. And so we see this beautiful intimate relationship between God um, and Jesus. And, um, he goes on to say, he says, and God cuts off every branch of mine. Like seriously, did, did Jesus have unfruitful branches? Like that, that's a crazy idea. And he was, he was so humble that he said, God cuts off branches of mine that don't bear, bear fruit and he prunes um, the ones that do so I can produce even more. So Jesus is just displaying this beautiful vulnerability towards his father that yes, he perfects me in my weakness. He, um, And so if Jesus is saying it, then we most definitely need to be in a place where we can say, God, you are my gardener. You are my, you cut off, you you remove, you, you do whatever you need to do to my life so that I can advance the kingdom of God. And um, I love that. Right now in your life, it doesn't matter where you're at. We all have unfruitful branches. We all have branches that are not producing fruit, and I'm going to get into that. But what what that might look like is a habit. It might be religion. It might be a tradition. Whatever it is, it does, you know it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It doesn't mean it's really bad. But is it advancing the kingdom of God? Is it? advancing you? Is it filling you with all the fruits of the spirit? That's the good question to ask yourself. Um, and it's so good to identify in yourself um, the unfruitful branches. Um, you know, I, God really convicted me on the spiritual habits thing because it can actually, we have a, like we go through a season where something works for us Um, Like we really encounter God in a a season and it's habits or traditions that we do, Um, but God is the God of new things. Um, And so maybe your unfruitful branch is doing Christianity like you did 10 years ago, or maybe your unfruitful branches, witnessing like you always have or praying like you always have. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but sometimes we just get in a pattern of religious things and God wants to cut it off. He wants to cut it off because he loves you and you're wasting your time and it's time to just to kind of like listen exactly what Jesus said, to remain in Jesus because he's always moving. He's always got new tactics. He's always that he is the God of the new. (laughs) We're given the example of good fruit in Galatians 5 verse 22. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, their joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. Um, Can we have that on the screen, Harrison, and just leave it there for a bit? These are some great branches to grow like some great branches to grow. I believe that with I believe that if you are so full of the love of God that it overflows. It overflows. If you're so full of the peace of God, it overflows. I kind of I kind of imagine it as like obviously like this analogy that Jesus is using, but that when you are so full of love and it grows healthy fruit. There's somebody can be walking along and they can look at your delicious fruit and they can pick off and they can eat of the goodness of God. And that equals souls. Because when Jesus is talking about fruit, being fruitful, he's talking about his kingdom growing. He's talking about getting bigger, but it has to start in us. It has to start healthy growing in us. So we have to be... now. I have to be careful here because you don't have to be in a perfect place for people to receive Jesus in you. You can be in in a bad place, but encounter it, one encounter with Jesus, you can overflow with his peace and his love and it can impact the people around you. Um, so I'm not talking here work like salvation by works or anything like that. But I'm talking about being so full of the presence of Jesus that wherever you go, it rubs off on the people around you. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he says um, to be fruitful, to remain in me and you will bear much fruit. So a really great question to ask yourself is, does, does my life produce the kind of fruit that influences people to fall in love with Jesus? Do people look at my walk with Jesus and say, I want some of that delicious fruit. I have been so convicted in the past when it comes to joy because I walk out in the world and there are people who don't have Jesus who are more joyful than I am. And it, it gets me all the time and, and it's a fantastic reminder. Like i walk into the coffee shop and they're like, good morning, how's your day going? And I'm like, they're just selling coffee. I'm selling eternal life here. I, you know, like I i should be the most joyful. I should be the most peaceful. I should be the most patient. I should be full of goodness. And not because I'm awesome, but it's because I've spent so much time with Jesus. He's in me. He's through me. He is me. Um, and he's just flowing straight out of me. Who would like to be in that place? So fruit equals people being saved (laughs) and then Jesus goes on to talk about pruning and my father prunes the branches that are fruitful so that they can be even more fruitful I love this one now um, I googled an image of a pruning machine can we see that a machine tool (laughs) that is a pruning tool In today's day, I don't know what it would have looked like back then, but let's stick with this one. Um, And there, I believe in—I believe that there is two ways, two blades that Jesus, the uh, our Father, uses to prune our branches. Two blades. First one is Proverbs twenty-seven, verse seventeen: "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." God created this awesome thing called the church Jesus's bride and it's where you sit right now it's not this building it's the people around you he uses the body to purify and refine the fruitful things in us we call out let us think of ways to encourage and spur one another on to call out of each other the fruitfulness and and sometimes it hurts Sometimes people say you're not living up to your potential there is so much more sometimes it hurts you know i don't think you should pick that career path because god has something over your life and sometimes it hurts a little but 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 it's important that we pick people in our lives who can speak openly people we trust and love and that who can say who can be the voice of god in your life and don't let don't let bad stories or bad experiences. And I understand there's this, this that, that you can get hurt. But Jesus died on the cross because you hurt him every day. And Jesus paid the price so that you could wake up every morning, have eternal life, walk in the goodness of God. So you need to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. A blunt sword can still do the job, as disgusting as it is. It can still carry out the task it needs to. But a sharp sword, we are always being sharpened, always. Some of the girls in the house might know that when you get a haircut, a trim, which I really need one of those dead ends, when you get a haircut, it actually grows back faster and healthier when you cut off the dead bits. Now, sometimes it's exactly what I was talking about before. We build up these traditions and ideas and, and we love to just like stick to rules, don't we? We love structure and pattern and it works like this. But Jesus, he, just, he sees every day as a new opportunity to do something new and something different, to speak in a new tongue, to dream a new dream, to win a new person to the kingdom. Whatever it takes, we, we've got to keep an open mind about what Jesus wants to do in our life and our day today. God uses people, his church, so that we might sharpen one another. So let that be an encouragement, one, to let people into your life, to let people you trust and love to speak into your life. And then also appoint yourself to speak it out in other people. Don't just be the receiving end of it, but be the giving because that will also sharpen your own gift. When you start to pour your life into other people's lives, you just watch. See, God knew, he knew when he made the church how it would work, that that I need you and you need me and she needs him and he needs her and we all need to get together and sharpen one another. By, by giving freely and receiving, freely we had a really awesome open house this week we just we were talking about the worst part of our year and then the best part of our year you always got to finish on a good note and i was just so humbled and honored with the people sharing their stories of their year and the hardships and i tell you You just got to be nice to each other, (laughs) because we're all we all read those cliche memes. Well, I think they're cliche when I read them, but that like everybody's fighting their own battle. Um, But it's so true, like it's so true. Um, So have grace for one another, um, and call out that you know. I I I'm just hearing the stories of the people in that room. It just made me so. Full of faith because they still are here serving in the house of God. It that they've just they're just a testimony of people who just been through the storm but know that their eyes are on Jesus. Um, so that's the first blade, the church, as iron sharpens iron. The second blade, I believe, is what I just spoke about, is the storm. God uses the storm to sharpen us, to prune us. Now don't get that confused. Jesus doesn't send the storm. He uses the storm. We live in this world of sin and corruption and it's not a nice place. But God uses our trials and our storms and our brokenness to prune us, if you will allow him. The storm can either take you out or it can make you stronger. And that is totally my testimony for this year, that I've had a few storms that have wanted to pretty much knock me out, knock me out of the boat, watch me drown. But you just got to call on Jesus and he says, be still. God uses the storms. James 1 verse 2 to 4 says this. We love this scripture. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let the storm shape you, mold you. Let it rip everything away so that all that's left is Jesus. Brian Johnson from Bethel says, consider it a blessing when your only option is Jesus and i to- i totally get that i get that because life is so full of stuff it's full of voices it's full of bills it's full of it's full of garbage but when you just spend a minute and encounter Jesus it just makes sense you realize that you're an eternal being you get perspective on your life and you realize that this is just a storm this is just A storm. And Jesus, Jesus is the, he holds my whole world together. Colossians says that he holds all things together. We shine best. The other cool thing about storms, this is the other cool thing about storms, is we shine in the dark. When we're in a room of light like this, it's awesome. I love it. I love encountering heaven. But the darkness, the world needs light. And when you go out into the darkness and when you face the storms and when you have those feelings, invite Jesus into those moments because you you just watch him shine. I heard this woman at Light of the World say this really awesome thing. And she said, "God, God spoke to me and... I'm like a smashed pot and I thought God would just give me a whole new pot but instead he picked up the pieces of the pot, placed them back together, placed his light inside and now his light shines through my cracks and my weakness. I thought that was so beautiful. The next point is, so the first one was God the gardener. Second point is the art of abiding. Because Jesus is talking about remain in me, remain in me. Now remain and abide mean the same thing. So I'm gonna use the word abide a bit more. There is there is nothing on earth like experiencing Jesus. There is nothing like it. We can't people chase feelings all over the planet. They chase a feeling in a drug, they chase a feeling in a relationship, they chase a feeling in alcohol. They chase a feeling in binge watching TV. Everybody's chasing a feeling just to feel loved or just to feel a bit of peace or just, just to escape from, from everything. But one encounter with Jesus, it's like nothing, it's like nothing. And he leaves, he has this awesome way of just leaving this emotional mark. You know, I can think on like several occasions of my encounters with Jesus and every time I talk about them, I cry. And every time I think about them, it's like I'm right there again. I don't know if you've ever experienced Jesus just rocking up, but you just know you just know when the presence of Jesus walks in your room or he stands in front of you, you're like, whoa, <laughs> hi, Jesus. It's so good. It's so good. He's so good. I was. It was only like three weeks ago I was here and I was actually like kneeling right there. I just felt Jesus come and stand right in front of me. And I'm just like, hi, Jesus. <laughs> And you just can't help but saying over and over, I love you, I love you, I love you. And that is what, that is what he means by remain in me, abide in me. Because we are so, we can become experts at serving God. Experts at it. I know how to serve Jesus. But do you know Jesus? I'm going to read this. This is just a really cool book, actually, on this. I didn't get time to read it all. But it said, I read this cool chapter, and it says, The person of abiding. Abiding is all about the most important friendship of your life. Abiding doesn't measure how much you know about your faith or your Bible. In abiding, you seek, you long for, thirst for, wait for, see, know, love, hear, and respond to a person. More abiding means more of God in your life, more of him in your activities, thoughts, and desires. In our Western-style rush to do and perform for God, we often falter at the task of simply enjoying his company. Yet we were created to be dissatisfied and incomplete with less. In the words of the psalmist, as the deer pants for the water, so pants my soul for you, O God. I just love that. And if you can't relate to the intimacy with Jesus, I just believe today, you're gonna experience Jesus. You're gonna feel him closer than you ever have before. I truly believe that with my whole heart. That today, if you want, if you wanna see Jesus or you wanna feel Jesus, Today's the day. Say, today is the day. Jesus, I want to see you. To remain is to endure, to persist, to abide, to hold out. I'm not leaving here till I I see you, Jesus. You know, sometimes, and that's not in the striving way, but sometimes we've just got to wait. God spoke to me once and he said, I want you to get a pen and paper out every time you spend time in my presence because it shows me that you're expecting to hear from me. And can I just encourage you that a really big step in abiding and remaining in Jesus is to take his words seriously and write them down. Because when we believe in in an invisible God, sometimes we need a visible reminder of what he said to us. And right then when you read the words that he said to you in that encounter, you're abiding in his words and you're remaining in the promises that he's given you. You've got to have an unshakable, unshakable belief that Jesus is with you wherever you go, that he is standing with you, that he is championing you. It's got to be unshakable because he said, I will never, leave you nor forsake you so when you feel forsaken or when you feel alone you throw those words into the pit of hell and you say Jesus is with me and just wait and see you will feel that he is with you and if you don't feel it you pick up your word and you say well it's true and I so it doesn't matter I I know that feelings can be all over the place but but once again when Jesus rocks up you just know another cool thing is is just to like see your world through his eyes like Jesus sees a problem and it's just not a problem get up come on stop sleeping you're just you might you might be you're not dead you're sleeping get up You know, like the disciples were always freaking out. Oh, it's going to take years of wages to feed these people. He's like, come on, bring me some fish and bread. Okay, feed 5,000. See, not a problem. And sometimes we just like turn into little worry warts. But Jesus is like, it is not a problem. It's not a problem. I think a great, I just like was asking Jesus. I'm like, what are some practical ways that, we can abide in you, worshiping him. When you get up in the morning, if you just close your eyes and imagine tomorrow morning when you get up, how are you gonna remain in Jesus? You're gonna wake up and say, Good morning, Jesus. Love is made away way, hope is never lost. There's power in the cross. You just sing to him. Whatever, whatever you just. Sometimes we live like he's not there. And so no wonder you don't know if he's there or not because you've already decided in your head that he's not, but he is. Thank him, all the time. Anything you feel, who here feels grateful for things but you don't verbalize it? I'm the worst for that sometimes. I'm like, I just love those people and I'm so grateful for those people. Oh, I just, I'm so thankful. I live in such a great country. But like every time that thought pops into your head, you just say it. You just say it. It is all through the Bible. All through the Bible. I will enter your courts with thanksgiving. Oh, my heart overflows with thanksgiving. Oh, God, I thank you. It's just, it's full of it. All right. Put his words up all over the house. So everywhere you turn, you're reading the words of Jesus. And it starts, remaining in Jesus starts with a revelation of how much he loves you. I think sometimes we don't remain in Jesus because we just don't think he wants to spend time with us. And we're too busy thinking about everything we didn't do, that we just build this wall between us and Jesus. And we're just thinking, we spend the first 10, 15 minutes thinking about how much of a failure we are. Get your eyes off yourself and put them on Jesus. Jesus. It doesn't matter if it's been a week or two. Just walk straight into his straight into his presence. Because everything you need, every answer is found in Jesus. The last thing is sorry, I haven't really been following the script <laughs> the scripture here, but we've talked about how God prunes and cuts off. The unfruitful or the fruitful branches, so that we can grow. Jesus says here, You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Jesus, his words bring life. His words bring life. And he says, You are clean because of what I've spoken to you. What I've spoken right here today, what I speak in the future, when I say it is finished, I mean it. I mean it. I mean you're clean. I mean you're justified. And then he goes on to say, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And, and how do we do that? Everything I've just said. And so much more. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, this is the cool part. And I in you, it's just this, I just love it. I and you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing that's i actually really like that line it's a good thing to remember pretty much what jesus is to me this is this is how i see it the third point is i'm the sidekick to the savior because apart from him i can do nothing jesus is the batman to my robin he is the Frodo to my Sam. He's the hand Solo to my Chewbacca. He is my Lucy to, he is the Lucy to my Mr. Tumnus. See, we, we hear these great stories. And we love the sidekick, but the sidekick is nobody without the hero. Frodo is the one with the ring that's going to, that's gonna save Middle Earth by chucking it out. Sam's just the sidekick, but he's changed by being a part of, part of that experience. Han Solo is the one that owns the Falcon Millennium. Chewbacca can't, whatever. Chewbacca, he can't do anything. He's a nobody without Han Solo. Sherlock, he's the brains, he, he's the real mystery solver. And Watson just follows him around. <laughs> but together, as a team, they, they are stronger. They are better. Now, Jesus, we can do nothing without Jesus. Nothing. And he's inviting us to be his sidekick. He's inviting us to be part of this journey because he's like, Robin you're nothing. <laughs> you're nothing without that man. I am nothing without Jesus. I can want to save the world as much as I can. But I'm not the real hero in this story. Jesus is the real hero. He carries the storyline. He's the one who paid it all. He's the one who who, who owns the punchline. And I'm just there as a humble servant, as a humble sidekick, wanting to bear fruit and advance the kingdom of God. When we remain in Jesus, we can cause more damage than we could ever do alone. He is the captain, Captain Jesus. May me just close our eyes for a sec. Jesus, I know you're in this place. And I know that you want, you desire, to encounter every single person in this place, that it does not matter to you how supposedly righteous we've been because all you see in this room is a people who are righteous. I'm going to listen to these words right now. I want you to turn up really loud, Harrison, because this is what This is who he is.